The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Just End the Show, where it never gets any easier. <laughs> the New York Jets fall to the Indianapolis Colts, 45-30. to 30, And this one wasn't even as close as that score indicated, was it, Kev? Absolutely not. The bags are back on, people. Uh, we, were, we, had, we were wearing a baseball cap for three days, but the bags are back on. <laughs> um, but we still don't know whether or not Mike, uh, Mike White is Tom Brady's illegitimate kid, so we're still holding off on that. It might be true. You never know. Um, but, yeah, this is, prob- this is the uh, – uh, we found the newer Rocky or bottom once again. So congrats, Seth. We did it. And we have a special guest to celebrate, <laughs> celebrate with. We've got Matt Johnson here. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Just end the show. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Applause. Um, thanks it. for joining our network. I heard it a little bit. It's, it's a, <laughs> the sound effect. It was it's very, a golf it was very subtle. Very subtle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, seriously, thanks, uh, guys, for for being one being a part of our network. I'm really happy and proud to to have you guys. It's it's nice to not have you know just Bills fans on our network. Um, <laughs> it's a nice thing. So uh, kudos to you guys, and and seriously, I appreciate but uh, each and every one of you. So keep up the good work. And so you're the co-host of Colts fans and Bills Land, is that correct? I have, I have so many shows. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Colts fans and Bills Land is uh, is one of them. Uh, one of the the six that I have, but uh, two point the, the two point conversation. That's my that's my baby. That's my uh, that's that's six days a week, every single week, different theme every single day. So um, take a lot of pride in that one. We want to say thank thank you for having us on your network too. I feel like we should get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, when uh, when our mutual friend Nick reached out to me, he goes, "Yeah, I know the Seth guy is a really good dude." I'm like, "All right, cool. I want him." And you can just stop it at that. I, I want him. So, um, no, it's 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 cool. We got a nice little community. Eventually, you guys are gonna mix and mingle with kind of everybody at some point. But um, but but yeah. So everything's everything's been. Uh, been really good so far you guys numbers are doing really well um so you can't ask for much more than that i'm actually thinking about having nick on next week to do some bill stuff as a reaction to that so check that out next week we'll have nick woten on to talk about the jets and the buffalo bills uh but let's kind of dig into this one first let's not and say we did <laughs> all right that's the episode yeah all right goodbye everybody that might not be the highest rated one we ever did but Oh, man. So the Jets, right, they're getting 10 points, and they were this close to a backdoor cover. I mean, I thought they had it there at the end, <laughs> right? start with that angle? Yeah, the, fir- the first and goal? It really it really was one of the most riveting garbage time cover, almost garbage time covers of all time. So we got that going for us. Seth, we need to start like we did last time. Did you actually, did you, when did you shut, when and, and in what, and how, what level of disgust did you shut this game off? <laughs> sure. So, uh, so, Kev, I was texting you throughout this game. I I stopped watching this game. I'm gonna say early third quarter. I think wow. it was this was it the second Jonathan Taylor touchdown 
early third. I think I texted you and I was like, does the world need my analysis of Josh Johnson? I don't know that it does. <laughs> <laughs> Former Colts legend, uh, Josh Johnson, but yeah, started, started yeah. one game, one or two games for him. Yeah, He's a former legend of, I think, every professional football team that's ever existed in any league. Just about. I think he's given uh, Testa Verde and Fitzpatrick a run for their money with how many jerseys he has. Yeah. So, shout out to him. I forgot he was still in the league. Shout out to him. I was, I was totally expecting Joe Flacco. Uh, I was ready for Joe Flacco on Thursday, and we just did not get it. Yeah, and I think we all were. That's a yeah. great point. I mean, the Jets traded that pick for Joe Flacco, and... I'm, I texted this to you too, Kev. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, where the hell is Joe? If we're giving up picks, isn't this the exact reason we <laughs> traded for Flacco? I'm thinking he's going to start as soon as Zach gets hurt. We go to Mike White. That's a weird decision. Turns out to be a great decision. Everyone's It's Mike White mania for like a, <laughs> for a full week. Out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, including a quarter of this game. Yeah. yeah. We got we, – yeah, we got – well, we got a full seventy-two hours of joy there. That was that was almost four days. He, hey, he's immortalized in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, man. Nobody can he take is. that away from him. He is. Take that, Josh <laughs> Allen. Exactly. <laughs> I don't see his shit in the Hall of Fame. Yet. Yeah, bro. Yeah, get on Mike White's uh, level, bro. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Mike White was good in this game, right? He led that touchdown drive. It's seven-seven when Mike gets hurt. When he goes down, he get hurt on the touchdown pass. Is that what happened? He did. His hand got hit on the touchdown pass to Elijah Moore as he was throwing it. That's such a that's such a Jets. Sorry, there's Cyrus in the background. That is such a. Oh my lord! Is that an ambulance? <laughs> there's a lot going on behind me right now. That may or may not be a Bills-related suicide. We don't know. There's no way to know. It it probably could. Oh shit! <laughs> Excuse me. It it may or may not be a little little late bloomer there. That's that's pretty much how I felt after as Mike Lake got hurt right there. That sound effect. So it kind of <laughs> right. I mean, I was. I mean, I, I'm rooting for Mike White. I I like low. We know what the Jets are. All right, you guys obviously know you do. You talk about that. You dedicated a podcast to them every single, um, you know, every single week. And you know, I'm I'm kind of like okay, good. You know. The Jets got something going good here for now, and that happens. Like that is the most Jetsiest injury I've ever seen in my life. Him throwing the ball, like the just the replay of him trying to throw the ball, and it just goes straight to the ground. I'm like, okay, maybe the NFL is scripted. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever believed it. That moment, I was like, that looks like it's from a Disney movie. Like he tried, and then he this face, he's like, oh my god, I can't throw anymore. I'm like, is this real? If this is a dream, I'm going to be so pissed right now. <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely. I'm just like the timing. This is terrible. Like, yeah, it was, he was making it a game. There was no doubt he was making it a game. He looked good. He looked comfortable, and uh, dude was slinging it. And the Colts, listen, the Colts secondary is boo boo. It's bad. It's really bad. And I, I have a feeling that Mike White would have kept it close throughout the entire evening. I, I really do believe that. That's not the last talk we're going to have about bad secondaries tonight. I guarantee. You. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> Kevin, you asked me last week, how does this go south for the Jets? Like, how do the Jets Jets up this Mike White thing, right? You asked me that question. Am I right? And what I am said I right was there's I no right? way. Because I was like, if Mike White's great, this is a cool story. If he sucks, we're in the same place we were two weeks ago. Who cares? And they still found a way to ruin the narrative. Only the Jets. They found a way. I only bring bad things to to fruition on this podcast, <laughs> even if I'm trying to be positive. But I couldn't believe, yeah, I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. And almost, I, I if I'm going to take one tiny piece of optimism, it's that he did look good before he got hurt. So now it's like, now we're in this, 
even worse in some ways situation where that's like, well, we still don't know if he's if he's the guy. You know what I mean? If he just comes out and stinks, it's like, all right, bring Zach back in. Whatever. We had a we had a fun time against the Bengals. Now we still don't know. So yeah, they found there's a newer, rockier bottom underneath each <laughs> each thing. So I yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm gonna say this right now. If Mike White leads the Jets over the Buffalo Bills this upcoming week, I will buy a Mike White jersey. Like pronto, pronto. Hang it up on my wall in the studio space. <laughs> I will hang it up pronto. I am, I'm all in. I'm all in. It's probably a curse thing, but he's got to be one of the one of the top selling <laughs> jerseys in the league right now. I'd imagine. <laughs> New York Market, Canton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who? I mean, who? What other players? You know, are Jets fans buying? You know, it's it's Mike White. It, yeah. It, it's trendy, right? I mean, look at look at uh, Tim Tebow and how long that lasted. Hottest selling jersey for like three weeks, and then he was out of the NFL. Yeah, I could definitely see Mike. I, I'm going to have to look that up at some point today. See where Mike White's jersey sales are going. What's funny is that that one game against the Bengals will give him a job for the next five seasons at least. Oh, Even yeah. if he doesn't play another game for the Jets, someone will pick up Mike White next year, stash him as their third quarterback. He'll get cut from that team in training camp. He'll bounce around with another team. He has a job in this league, mark my words, for the next five seasons because he went out and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's he's going out there. And do you know that it's either going to play out one of two ways? He's going to be great, but not for the Jets, or he's just going to be a career backup forever. So that's how it's going to work. So congrats to Mike White. He's going to make a lot of money. Good for him. Oh, man, they're already cutting his jersey prices on the Jets fan <laughs> shop website. That's not good. It's not good. It's 70 bucks now. It was 150 and It's only 70 bucks now. So, Well, I already Oof. have a couple hypothetical jerseys from this podcast, but I'm selling my Matt Am- or, uh, my uh, Amendola stock. <laughs> I'm going, and I'm going right for Mike White. Actually, I think I, actually, if I was being honest, I think I would go for Michael Carter. I think he's my favorite player on the team so far. But Oh, he's great. He's great. I picked him up in a lot of draft, fantasy drafts this year, and it took a little while to get him going, but, man, he's, he's, he's been worth the wait. He's been worth the wait. Yeah, I snatched Mike White off the waiver wire. He's going to pull me right out of the basement. I mean, he's, 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 he's getting double digits every week. It's great. And I started Elijah Moore this week. Speaking of the waiver wire, I set the all-time record for Jets in one lineup in my fantasy week with two. Yeah. And Elijah Moore went off. Yeah. So I think I won by 50. I don't even think I need tonight. More, more. That's been our chant on this podcast. We want more, more. <laughs> we want more, more. We want some Mims. I don't know. We saw like a brief Denzel Mims sighting in this game. I think he had a couple of catches. He was around. He had a garbage time catch. What's the deal with him? Do they just not like him? What's Why isn't he getting any like reps, looks, targets? We've been trying to figure that out. We wish we knew too. Yeah, we don't know. But... Yeah, he he does look like so he has the occasional drops there, but like you know, yeah, we talked about that when Zach Wilson got hurt. That it's like, well, here's a guy who actually is a receiver who can block. Like, why is why is Elijah Moore out there? Whoever it was, Corey, was it him or Davis? I can't remember. I'm like, why is he blocking on that play? Yeah, somebody who just didn't throw a block at all. Yeah, yeah. This is a pro Denzel Mims podcast. We've been talking <laughs> about him pretty much on a weekly basis. He, right? He's got the size. He's got the speed. He runs a decent route, or at least he did last year when they let him play. It makes no sense to me why the Jets don't like this guy. I know they're actually weirdly deep at receiver for a bad team, but I don't know why they just don't like this guy. Yeah, I mean, rotate usage, just just get him involved somehow. You guys, I mean, what, is he a first or a second round pick? I believe he was a second. Oh, he's second. Okay, which makes sense. But even still, the Jets spent, you know, high end. That's, that's big time capital. That's big time draft capital right there. Figure out a way to get this guy involved somehow. 
do we want to be like the, the the Raiders who just cut two of their first round, their twenty twenty first round picks in the last week? You know what I mean? And he's not injured. You know, he's not like some of the other draft picks. He's not like Beckton and some of these other guys Douglas have brought in that are hurt, which is a lot of them, unfortunately. But and I mean, you're a two win team. It's not as if you have a whole lot to lose by playing Denzel Mims over, let's say, Keelan Cole. No disrespect right. to Keelan Cole, he's had a yeah, nice little season, but he's not here for the long haul. I mean, if you want to build talent, you've got to let Mims play. For sure, build. You're right. Build them up, or if the, you really have no like inkling, no, I just there's no chance of him having a long term future in there. Maybe get him some looks so he could build up some trade value. You know what I mean? If 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 it's absolutely that bad, try and get him some targets. Try and make him look a little good. Sell high, and and get some draft picks and, and reinvest in the wide receiver or some other position that that the Jets you know certainly need like the secondary or yeah. <laughs> or, or several you know or you know there's there's several other facets of that team that that, that need a uh, need a fresh look so um. absolutely and and I think that's been one of the reoccurring stories as you follow the Jets this year is that they seem to the coaching staff seems to be down on Mims for whatever reason but GM Joe Douglas is reluctant to trade he's getting call after call about Mims. And they're reluctant to give him up. I don't know if teams just aren't offering enough. So it's kind of a weird paradox. You're not playing him, but you like him too much to deal him. I don't know if that's a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff or what, but it's sort of an interesting paradox for Denzel Mims. I hear Ben Simmons is available. Maybe you could get him to the Knicks somehow. Yeah, know, maybe some sort of go. Denzel Mims for Ben Simmons deal <laughs> works out for everybody. Get get him on the get him on the Eagles. Yeah. Well, who who do you think would be a better defensive football player, Ben Simmons or Ashton Davis? Because I mean, honestly, <laughs> it might be pretty close. Just throwing that out there. As athletic as Simmons is, I don't know. I kind of got to take Simmons in that one. He's definitely got to beat in the speed department. <laughs> I almost made it 15 minutes without insulting Ashton Davis, so that's good. That's probably a record. I'm surprised it took us this long in the pod to slander Ben Simmons, which is something we do constantly in the sports discord. <laughs> When we do just end the Knicks, we'll <laughs> No, not qualified for that. Not qualified for that. Matt, was there any point in this game where you were sweating it out? I mean, Colts were heavily favored. They were heavily favored for a reason. Is there any point where you're kind of nervous about this game as you're watching this as a Colts fan? I think it was... It was probably the Mike White touchdown. I'm not going to like, it was that. And then he got hurt. I'm like, Oh, okay. There's, you know, we, we got this. And like, you know, I've been really down on my Colts this year. Like just, just gravely upset. And I know I have nothing on you guys at all. We but, are the it, champions. You, know, it, you guys actually beat good teams. You guys beat teams. You guys beat teams over 500. The Colts cannot save their life. They have blown so many leads, blown so many games against these really good teams. So it's, I'm just emotionally frustrated. But um, but it was curious that they kept Carson in as long as they did. And one of those things I can think of is that uh, our coaching staff doesn't trust our secondary enough because um, it's pretty crazy that they they put up as many points and 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 you know made us. I know it was technically garbage time, but. Uh, the Jets were starting to make it look a little bit interesting, and, and the Colts weren't willing to pull some of the starters. So Carson had to keep producing, had to keep going out there and, and doing things. I wanted to see a little Sam Ellinger uh, you know, out there and get some reps in, some starter reps in, but um, he didn't trust the secondary, and I think it's because that the Jets were starting to rally back. and um, Yeah, they had to just keep rolling with Carson. So, uh yeah, but heading into the game, I was like, okay, the Jets are going to make this thing interesting. 
Um, but they are that team now, which is really cool. I mean, like, like I said, I was telling Seth before we went on air is that my Bills friends are shaking in their boots a little bit right now, uh, especially after last week's performance against the Jags. And, and there are a lot of good things going for the Jets. So, Well, the Colts, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Wentz thing because I noticed that too. And uh, they also, uh, and I, I don't have the exact timestamp of like when the drive happened or whatever, but they had him, they had them, they, he, they were still throwing like up, you know, however much late in the game when really all they need to do is run the clock at that point right i mean Correct. i know i know aikman was all over this like they're not playing prevent defense i'm like i don't know it kind of seems like they might be but <laughs> but uh it was a it was a rough aikman game in general but late in the game and he and so i think went through an incomplete pass on like third and 10 or third and nine like third and like relatively long and uh and i'm like man if i'm a cults fan like if we're gonna punt like at least at least try to run some time off the clock like the only thing you have to do is run clock in this situation it was like they like you said it was like they were trying to give the jets the ball back and right you know i I, nobody's scared of josh johnson necessarily but i mean he was putting up yards and it was like why are they doing this why are they giving the ball back i didn't get that yeah i was i'm not very fond of frank reich's play calling that's been a very big criticism of mine uh for him for over the last four years and it was just uh there were some weird decisions. Like I, it, as the Jets were starting to rally back, I'm like, my God, we need to like put this game away. You know what I mean? Like uh, put it put it away and and get them out of there. And they just they just they couldn't do it. Didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, as as a, you know, looking from the cold side of things, you don't want to give these these cardiac, I guess, cardiac Jets in a way, um, any any chance to to embarrass you again on national t- to embarrass you on national TV like like the Ravens did and the Titans have and and all these teams and it, yeah, it was it, it's still a criticism of mine. They, they just they were I, I think that the, the situation they were lucky that they were playing the Jets. I think any good like. <laughs> Uh, a little not to take shots, but like a, a higher powered offense is going to take advantage of that and, and and come out on top every time. Oh, you can take shots for sure, but it's you know I mean to to Reich's defense, it's not like they were getting a lot of rushing yards. Oh wait, no, they had more rushing yards than anyone in the league with like three minutes left in the third quarter. <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> they can't just hand the ball to somebody. What's going on? I had to start Naheem Hines in one of my leagues, and, like had to because some I think Fournette was out. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. And it, 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 it obviously paid off in the long run. But, yeah, just just run the damn ball. Just just run the damn ball. Kill that clock. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor only had nine yards to carry. So, you know, you got to... You gotta pump. You gotta pump the brakes on that. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust that. Yeah, we said that on the podcast last week. That if you have Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, that was the week to play him. And I th- I said last week, if you have Naheem Hines. Next week is the week to play him because at some point Jonathan Taylor is going to get tired from running all over the Jets. And Hines, I think, averaged 12.3 yards a carry. So there you go. Yeah, hey, they just extended him this past offseason, so I was glad to actually see them use him. He hasn't really gotten a whole lot of uses this year outside, like, week one. So so thanks, Jets. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the Titans game last week, right, where you figure, okay, well, Derrick Henry ran for about a buck thirty on us, and they won the game anyway. So we figured maybe that's the path, right? Maybe you knew Jonathan Taylor was going to go off on us because our run defense is trash. But you know, maybe we're still good enough against the pass where we can make a run at this thing. And Carson Wentz looked great, honestly. He's looked better than I've I've watched a lot of Colts football this year just for gambling reasons, and he's looked better than I've seen him all year. He wasn't holding on to the football; he was getting rid of it. He was getting rid of it fast. I mean, it helped that good decision making. Yeah, good decision making. It helped that, uh, A, he was thrown to a wide-open receiver about 80% of the time. 
And, and B, he's faking the ball to Jonathan Taylor every single play to buy himself another second. So that helps. But, you know, don't take anything away from him. He played well in this game. He did. And uh, yeah, I, I'd never spoken to you guys about this, but everybody else kind of knows. I did not want Carson Wentz. I was pissed. I'm shocked. <laughs> I was pissed when they when they traded for Carson Wentz. I I was at work and I went and hid in a corner somewhere and just waited out the rest of my shift. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm a big, I'm a big Philip Rivers fan. Philip Rivers is my favorite player of all time. And, and I was really hoping, I know he was getting up there. I was kind of hoping for at least one more year, but he did retire and they had to do something. They didn't give up a whole lot. They didn't want to give up all that capital for Stafford. So they went the Wentz route and, uh, I, I didn't know what to make of it, but. And every time like something flubbed up, I was like, "Oh, I, it was one of those I told you so moments." Like when he, when he hurt, you know, he, he hurt his foot. He had to get foot surgery, like in training camp. I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" And then he he sprained both his ankles. I'm like, "Both God, his ankles, yeah, at the dead. same time, kind of, the, yeah, yeah, at the same play, same tackle." And I'm just like, in the mortal words of Philip Rivers, "Dad, gomet, Frank Reich, why did you do this? <laughs> why did you stick your neck out for this guy?" But um, I, I'm 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 proud. I mean, he's, he's 17 touchdowns to three interceptions right now. He's got over 2,000 yards passing. Uh, he's obviously cleaned up a lot of the mistakes that he made last year, and he's done it to like I'm most impressed that he's done it as this Colts team is starting to gel. They look terrible the first like month of football, like just god awful as a team. And uh, but Carson Wentz was the most consistent thing. He was the the one player, the one piece that was actually playing up. Like you didn't know what to expect from him, but he went above those expectations. If that makes any sense, so I'm super proud to have Carson Wentz under center right now. I think it was. Uh, I was actually surprised that the Colts didn't pursue Stafford, only because they're 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 such a win now roster. It was a pretty complete team. Sands the quarterback for them uh, once Rivers leaves. So I knew they were probably going to go for a veteran. I thought maybe you know they they do something in the draft. They trade up for like a Trey Lance. That didn't work out. Wasn't totally surprised they traded for a veteran I was just surprised that it was Wentz and not Stafford I would have given up a little bit more to go get Matt Stafford but in hindsight it's hard to argue that didn't work out for them Stafford's playing great in LA but it's hard to argue that Wentz wasn't worth the capital they gave up for him except except this week man holy shit yeah oh I know (laughs) I know um that that is a good point you know um again I wanted Stafford really bad that I I traded for Stafford and and the previous year's Madden game, and then um, when he went to the Rams, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play this game anymore because I just, I just, I just got Matthew Stafford, and it's not real life. So yeah, I was, I was certainly surprised. It, it, it definitely worked out. I mean, they, I know the Ram, the uh, the Lions wanted to haul for him, and I think with the biggest kicker uh, for the for the uh, for the Lions was that they wanted a quarterback in exchange for for that somebody who was starter worthy. They wanted it. They wanted a quarterback in exchange. They didn't want to, you know, they wanted a veteran to kind of guide this team and, and maybe sell some sell some hope to the Detroit Lions fans. Ballard's very. When it comes to free agency and trades, he's very conservative. Draft stuff, he's 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 crazy. But trades and stuff generally, he's not gonna give up a whole lot. He's very. Uh, he likes the approach of developing for the future, and it's been a very long time. And I just want an AFC South title, and I haven't gotten one yet. Um, so I, I was really hoping for that big splash Stafford trade. And I don't think you're you're out of an AFC title yet. I mean, the Titans looked good last night, but the Titans are really inconsistent week to week. I don't no, think they're totally I, out of that yet. And they lost to the best team in the AFC. <laughs> That's right. Everything comes full circle, uh, and, and that is true. <laughs> the, the Jets are the best team. 
by the tra- by the transitive property, <laughs> are. the Jets are the best team in the AFC. <laughs> Watch out, Buccaneers! You got to face us later this year. That guy's shaking. And didn't we add to this conspiracy the league now too? Because the Rams came, so now they're better than the Rams. Then they're bit so yeah. So it's it's science. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how that works. It is science. We're moving on up. We technically beat the Chiefs, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah all of them. <laughs> killed him oh man speaking of buffalo let's take a break and i want to get into next week's game a little bit so jets and bills this week the bills coming off that embarrassing loss to the jaguars and i want to get into that game a little bit only because that kind of covers both of our opponents right the colts face the jaguars this week the jets play buffalo is that at home is that game in buffalo they haven't played them once this year yet, so it could go either way. They have not. Let me check. Uh, let me double check. I want to say it's in New Jersey. I think you're right, but I don't want to. I don't want to Simmons that and, and say it's in the wrong. Place. Yes, they are in. The, they are in the Meadowlands. They are in the Meadowlands. So. <laughs> it's like, wait, it's in London. How? All right. So uh, Jets and Bills in the Meadowlands. Jets getting 13 points at least according to Fanduel. 13 is it? Thirteen and a half, yeah. Oh, it might be 13, 13 and a half, yeah. Is it enough, folks? I love. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. I love the Bills laying the points here. Do you? They are going to go scorched earth on this team after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You would think. You would certainly like to think that's that's kind of how it happens, right? They, you know, an embarrassing loss turns into a uh, just a big time ass whooping. Uh, the Jets. Have they though? Like recently, I, I remember their, their game, their second game last year. They played Buffalo really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think it was a game just all field goals. Yeah, I think it was, the entire game was all field goals. Yep. So there, there is a bit of optimism there, but I mean, again, history is not on the Jets' <laughs> side right now. Or, but most I, I, I <laughs> most of the time. But uh, you know, th- I think there. I mean, there's. Some interesting matchups. I mean, Jacksonville would played. They played up. They played really, really well. They sent the house. They knew that the Bills' offensive line could not block for Josh Allen. And I mean, that's something that I, I think the Jets. I mean, you, you got to go that route, right? Uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, pass rush run. You know, run defense is is significantly better than the Jets. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Yeah. So that's how the Jets got to approach this thing. You got to approach it just like Jacksonville. Throw them off a little bit. Yeah, and that's one thing that the Jets have done in both of their wins this year is they've racked up the sacks. They really got after Tannehill in that Titans win, and they got yes. they sacked Joe Burrow a lot in that Bengals game. So that's the formula for them if they're going to have a chance, right? I just I, I kind of see this as a, what we like to call a hold my dick game for Josh Allen. Uh, I, just, I, I just think he's going to be running a gun all over the place. He's going to be going deep on the secondary, and I just think it's going to be a long day for Marcus May and Ashton Davis just chasing these guys around. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I think had the Bills taken care of business with Jacksonville, or at least even if that had been some weird close, uh, you know, terrible upset game as opposed to just them playing terribly then maybe this doesn't seem like such an obvious setup for the bills to just steamroll the jets here but since it was such an embarrassing loss it seems like they'd be willing they're, they're going to be ready to come out just firing and i'd be remiss if i didn't if, if we're moving on to this game i'd be remiss if i were to just blaze by how bad the secondary played in in the Colts game and as much as like we've wavered from week to week about the relative quality of the team how you know they'll be 
blown out by Denver and suddenly it's like the sky is falling and then, oh, the, now and then they beat Tennessee and then there's the, you know, and then there's the terrible Patriots thing, you know, just going from week to week, this kind of, this kind of polar opposite thing. But when we really go back to the beginning, like when we did our first episode of this podcast, we were talking about like, well, what are they going to be? What's going to be the problem? Well, the defensive line is bad and the secondary is probably worse. And that's exactly what we saw in the Colts game. The defensive line was bad, but the secondary and the linebacker play was absolutely terrible. So if that continues against the the Bills and they're able to put up points early and Josh Allen is doing like Josh Allen things from last year, then they're in they're gonna be in trouble immediately. And obviously the Bills defense is I you know, I number one you know, in like points allowed and all of that stuff, so that's not going to be um, that's not going to be to the Jets' strength here. I think we still don't know whether we're seeing Mike White or Zach Wilson. I don't know if we were getting to that in a separate segment or not, but that's obviously a big question mark for the Jets in terms of what's going on. And you know, the best offense that we've seen the Jets play is when Zach Wilson isn't on the field, and that's not a slight to Zach. That's a, just a true fact <laughs> from the things that we've seen so far. So, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Mike White in this game, not only just because. I maybe don't want to see Zach Wilson just go out against the the Bills for the first his first game back, but also because it does seem like uh, I'm not sure if the play calling is different or if it's the execution, um, because I thought it was the play calling. But now looking back, when you look back at some of the highlights of the games, you are seeing that they were running some of the same plays, and Mike White and even Josh Johnson were just executing them better than Wilson. So I wouldn't mind seeing Mike White play in this game, but I am not optimistic for the Jets' chances that I am not betting this game for the second week in a row, and I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) So what I've been reading is that the Jets are leaning toward Mike White in this game. They're leaning towards not rushing Zach back. I was surprised that Mike is ready to go. He was questionable throughout the Colts game, so I guess it's not too surprising that with the extra few days off that White should be ready to go, but I think that's the way they're leaning. I'm more curious to know who is the backup in this game. Because we're about to put a missing persons report out for Joe Flacco. Where is this guy? I mean, why do I have to watch Josh Johnson? No offense to Josh Johnson, who just threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in garbage time. But where is this dude? Why do I, why do we have to watch Josh Johnson out there? I don't understand. Right. Yeah, you, you a guy who you could have just signed back. You traded the seventh round pick for to get. I think it was a seventh rounder to get Joe Flacco back. It was a sixth rounder that could turn into a fifth rounder. Oh, is that if what he it plays? Was? Okay, you bring him back into a brand new system that he wasn't into in his previous tenure. But yeah, it uh, it, it certainly is interesting. And I don't know if you get we touched on this yet, but Marcus May I think is out for the season, Achilles yeah. injury. So um, I, he, he did suffer an Achilles injury this past weekend again or past Thursday. He actually wasn't playing that well, but yeah, <laughs> he didn't play well in this game before yeah. he got hurt. But yeah, that's a bigger injury for Marcus May personally than it is for the Jets. Really affects his sort of contracts, <laughs> his contract situation, That's to be actually honest. True, I, mean, yeah. I think Marcus May is playing on the franchise tag right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they can tag him again, but this might be the last straw for him. Yeah, it's a wrap. He's he's a goner. He's a goner at the end of the year anyway, so I it, I think it definitely is. I don't think he's happy with the organization, which is, you know, probably unsurprising. But he's, yeah, I, he's headed for the door anyway, so it's actually, yeah, it weirdly affects them less than you think. But they are... Yeah, they are still so thin. They've been so thin all year. Safety. In, in, yeah, I do think that Marcus May is kind of a if he's able to come back next year as a prime tag and trade guy. If that makes any sense. Although when you tag somebody, you're paying them the max value of their position, so that might hurt his trade value coming off 
that severe of an injury. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's hard. Those leg injuries are real tough to come back from, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of trade value out of that, unfortunately. And he has legal troubles and he has things off the field too. So there's, yeah, there's a lot going on with that. He's headed for the door anyway. But yeah, man, I mean. The the secondary play, again, <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing it up. I just, yeah, it was so bad in this game. And as much as, like, the highlights for the for in the Colts game, I mean, it, as much as the highlights were all the Jonathan Taylor runs and all of that, like you said, Seth, like, Wentz was looking awesome just throwing to wide-open dudes. And it part of it is that they're all taking the wrong angles. We were happy with uh, the way that Eccles had played last week. He didn't look good. He's turned back into a pumpkin. Uh, the, yeah, uh even the linebacker play, even Mosley didn't, you know, made some plays but didn't look great. So, and if he's the one, if he's not making plays, then that's kind of like the entire defensive scheme. So that was how bad it got on Thursday night for the Jets' defense. Yeah, I mean, just as a microcosm for Mosley in this defense, you notice that huge play early in the game by Darius Leonard when he punched that ball out from Ty Johnson, that literal punch. Yeah. And then if you go to the next series, that same drive for the Colts, C.J. Mosley punches a ball out, and Jonathan Taylor is able to fall on it. Then there's another fumble, I believe, by Pittman, and the Colts are able to fall on it. Yep. So they're two they right forced in a row. Yeah. Two, yeah, two fumbles. They're not able to take advantage of either one, whereas the Colts take advantage of that uh, of that turnover right away. That these are the things that you know turn a close game into a blowout. These are huge momentum shifting plays, and the Jets just weren't able to take advantage of, of either of those defensively. You got to, right? You got to. You got, it's, it's how you win those games. If you take advantage of it, you score on those drives, and, and then this game's a little bit more closer. The Jets have a little bit, a long way toward, towards getting to where they possibly can be, um, where their potential is at right now. But yeah, right now it's, it's a, it's a rough year. And I, I feel for Coach, uh, Sala. I really do. I think he, you know, everybody likes to, to talk up the energy that he, that he brings to the table. And I, I think he is. I think he's a very passionate coach, but, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a very tough first year. Very tough first year. Yeah, which is something we sort of saw coming for Salah when you just when you take a look at this roster, you knew it was going to be tough sledding for him. I thought he he had a good first few games because this defense just looked faster than expected. They looked more polished than expected, especially a, a defense, a young defense that's playing a ton of rookies out there. They looked a lot more competent than you would have expected in this game, or I should say, in this season, and you wouldn't know it from this game. I mean, this is this was Salah's worst performance of the year at a time when I thought it might have been one of Mike LaFleur's best performances of the year. This is a back-to-back great game for LaFleur. I mean, you could argue he did it in garbage time, and he, and he did, with the Colts just kind of probably sitting back to prevent the touchdown. But, I mean, this is back-to-back weeks of nearly 500 yards on offense. Yeah, and I, I was actually curious to ask you, Seth, do you think that the primary problem is – the defensive play like in playmaking or do you think it's a scheme problem because there were a lot of plays in this game where it did seem like if one linebacker you know missed you know it was one blocker with Jonathan Taylor just coming through the line so it was like you know do you think it's it's entirely uh, I, I do think the secondary has been bad, and I don't think that the defensive line is very is very good. Uh, but do, what, what do you think it was? Because there was there was a lot of scheme issues with this too. I mean, it wasn't just that they were taking the wrong angles on these plays. Yeah, I mean, when you look back at those Taylor runs, he's running through these giant holes, these these giant gaps yeah. you can drive a truck through. So that almost you got to figure it's almost on the coach. If you're putting eight guys in the box, you should be able. You know, you're not going to Jonathan Taylor is going to get his yards. 
but you shouldn't be giving up these huge chunk plays on every carry. That's a, that's a scheme issue. Not that they didn't miss tackles in this game on an individual basis because they did, but this was a, a disappointing game for Salah in that respect for sure, where he didn't do enough to, to stop the run or even attempt to stop the run. Because it was different than some of the losses that they had against like Atlanta, I think we agreed, was just this like soft zone scheme that just was not working and that Matt Ryan was able to just pick apart. And this was like, it wasn't dudes who were just missing like, yeah, it wasn't people hanging off of him as he was running, or it wasn't, you know, like like not being able to, you know, like losing the battle of power against him. It wasn't that, and it wasn't like a bunch of missed tackles. It was like there was nobody there. Like as soon as he got through the defensive line, it was like there was nobody there. <laughs> and so I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I I'm gonna maintain the fact. I mean, I'm not the first person on Jets Twitter to bring up the idea that Ashton Davis doesn't look like he's ready to play in the pros. So <laughs> I'm that's the last thing I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> but uh, Maiden, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Bryce Hall, who we were high on last week, play didn't play well. I, I like, I like him in general. I, I just, I don't know. It was, it was such a, it was such a tough, uh, tough defensive performance to watch because it was like there was nothing. Yeah, like I said, there's nobody there. It's just open daylight. It's like, well, how did that happen? Yeah, it was like playing Madden on easy mode. It was like playing Madden on easy mode. That's like I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, but that's that's this, exactly what it looked there's like. There's no yeah. reason why this, you know. All oh, you got through the hole, you get another 15 yards. It's like what? Where, isn't there supposed to be somebody there? The Colts had no <laughs> business putting up 500 plus yards of total offense this season at all, and yeah. So another thank you to the Jets. <laughs> I think even Troy, Troy Aikman brought it up at one point. I think when the after the Colts got their fourth touchdown and four drives, Aikman was like, we're just seeing some really bad defense being played by the Jets. <laughs> like, he just flat out said it. Okay, Aikman the whole game, though. First of all, he puts the jinx on him immediately where he's like, he's like, you know, I'm talking to Solid during the week, and this is the def- best defensive line group he's he said he's ever been in. I'm like, oh, now they're getting shredded. We know that. So then that happens. And then later on, there's there's some great Nick calls. Nick Bosa would like a word. Yeah. Nick Bosa would like a <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah, and you're like, I don't, first of all, not true. Second of all, why are you bringing it up at the beginning of the game? If they just made a nice play, that's one thing. But then he's like, <laughs> then there's the call. Then there's the the horrible, which we didn't talk about, but the stupid play that the Colts had to, uh, or I guess got reviewed, oh, yeah. where they had the touchdown and for, and the guy takes like five <laughs> steps and puts the ball on his mantelpiece and somehow they're like, oh, I don't know, it's that wasn't a touchdown. And then they had to review that. But I liked Buck on that was going. He did the. Uh, and incomplete, they're going to say he did one of those, which was great. And then another, I like the, the best FU moment to Aikman, though, was the third and, uh, was the third and 15 when Josh Johnson had first come in the game. And he's, uh, you can kind of hear it on the highlight clip on YouTube, but in the moment he's going like, this is a team right now that needs to learn, learn the idea that a punt is okay. And then, and then they ran that weird double reverse thing where, where I think Crowder threw it to Carter on the other side, and they converted it. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, here's here's your punt, motherfucker." <laughs> that was really funny, but yeah, it was a it was a tough. And oh, and they got to cut to. We already got Mike White's out. They got to rub dirt in our wounds with the. Did you see the sand? They threw to the halftime show, and Sanchez is on the halftime show, and they make a butt fumble joke. I'm like, guys, uh, now is not the fucking time. So, it was cr- it was very cringy. Come that on. was, I mean, right now, I saw was, that. all times <laughs> they're on their third <laughs> string quarterback. They're getting killed. <laughs> Hick him while he's down. It was, yeah, it was cringy yet funny. Yeah, Greg Olson, not 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 your best, uh, not your best line, right? Not your best. I was like, yeah, oh not man, good. 
Yeah. Mark Sanchez with the immediate, uh, oh, oh, hey, ground. No, I think he, he tried not to laugh. Uh, just, just salt in the wounds, guys. Not, not Now's not the time. Not when they're getting killed. How old is Butt Fumble now? Like, it's got to be over a decade, almost a decade old, right? Yeah, give give or take, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez like, was what the twenty, the early twenty tens, so yeah. probably just about. Yeah, is that in the Hall of Fame, like Mike White's jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Sanchez's pants. Yeah, they they have Brandon Moore's uh, pants in Canton along with the ball, but it's like you know you see Sanchez on the broadcast. You know, Russell Wilson goes down a few weeks ago. We had a Geno Smith sighting. I don't think any of us realized that Geno was still in the league. Until Russell Wilson got hurt, I had no idea. Yeah, he's still. It's around. amazing that these guys still have jobs. I mean, at least Fitzpatrick is still competent. That one makes a little bit of sense. But it's just the, the ghost of quarterbacks past are still hanging out. They're still haunting <laughs> us. All the Jets need to do is bring Testaverde off the street to be Josh Johnson's backup, and we can complete it. <laughs> I, I seen something today. It was they were ripping on Sam Darnold in Carolina. And they're like quarterbacks that would be better than than Sam Darnold right now, and somebody said like fifty seven or fifty eight year old Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> he was he was he was one of the options. So I'm hey I'm here for yeah. I'm here for a Vinny Testaverde return. That's right, the yeah. Vinissants. <laughs> Let's do it. I think we talked about that in our first episode, right? It's like that's that's how pathetic Jets fandom is that we're actually nostalgic. For the Vinny Testaverde era, if you could believe yeah, that. For the Vinny. We, we, think, we, we think about that as the good times. And I think I can count the amount of playoff yeah. games that Vinny Testaverde uh, won on about half a hand. <laughs> yeah, we're like the Herm Edwards years. They would win like six games a year. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what I wouldn't do for, for Chad Pennington and Jericho Cotchery. Oh, <laughs> hook it up. Chad Pennington. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. He's the only Jets jersey I've actually owned, Chad Pennington. But. I have, I have a Fitzpatrick uh, uh, color rush one. Oh, there you go. I do, but I have a jersey curse. So there's actually a fun story behind it. If 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 we have the time for me to share it, I think we do. Um, yeah, go go okay. for it. Okay, all right. I didn't want to just be that guy. All right. So <laughs> um, so when I buy buy jerseys, usually when I get them in, the players like kind of stink and stuff. But uh, <laughs> this is coming off of the 2015 season where Fitzpatrick like tore it up. He was awesome. Jets, I think, finished. Nine and seven, they were all primed and ready to go to the playoffs, but they lost to Buffalo in like week seventeen. So we're getting to the next season, and uh, I'm like, okay, cool. Jets just uh, re-signed Fitzpatrick. It's everything's going to be okay. The Jets are going to be pretty good. I'm going to buy a Fitzpatrick jersey. So I bought it in hopes that it would be in in town uh, before they they came to Buffalo. They played Buffalo on Thursday night football. It was actually willing to wear the Jets Fitzpatrick jersey <laughs> to to Buffalo. I know that's a big no-no, but uh, I was willing to do it. Uh, it didn't make it in time, but Fitzpatrick just torched the Bills. They threw for like 400-something yards. He had like 40-something fantasy points in one of my leagues. So I'm like, all right, this is that dude. Jersey comes in the week after. They're getting ready to play, I think, Kansas City. So I'm all hyped up. I got my Fitzpatrick jersey. I put it on, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go an extra step. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Fitzpatrick this week in fantasy football. Uh, in that game, he ends up throwing six six interceptions. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> he had negative he had negative twelve points in in my one league. So, yeah, I'm glad you remember that, Kev. I think I blocked that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I I had to share it. I love to tell that story, um, it but was, it hangs on my wall proudly, right next to my Trent Edwards Buffalo Bills jersey. There you go. So. Yeah, yeah, fits magic, fits tragic. It happens. <laughs> That's how it goes. I have a Jersey related question. So two weeks ago, as uh, Kevin and our listeners know, I went to the the Bills game and I, I sported 
the okay. Bills jersey that I bought, my OJ Simpson. Now, yep. so the Jets beat. So I wear this jersey. I'm at the Buffalo Miami game. I think there's a typo on the scoreboard that the Jets are beating the Bengals. I think that's a joke. <laughs> as I'm leaving the stadium, I'm like, I'm checking my phone on the way out. I'm like, they must have gotten that wrong. That couldn't have happened. So I figure this got to be good luck for the Jets. It's got to be good football juju. The juice was in the building with me at the Buffalo game. He was in the suite. I couldn't find him. I was trying to get an autograph. I couldn't find him. My friend took a picture with him. Oh, yeah? He was standing right there. Yep. Really? Yep. I think my friend Greg did, too. But, yeah, I, I wish I found him. So I was like, all right, the Jets just had this incredible win. I got to wear the OJ jersey again next week, right? This has got to be a, a thing for us. It's good football karma. And just come out and just play the worst defensive game they played all year. And I include the Patriots game and the Broncos game in that. This was the worst defensive game of the season. I don't know what to do. Do I burn this? Do I sell it? Do I do I keep it? I'm not sure what to do. Is this bad or good luck for the Bills going forward? They just lost to Jacksonville. I don't know. If that's the case, keep wearing it. You might have a jersey curse like I do. I would I would definitely consider wearing it ahead of this week's game against Buffalo. I, yeah, I, curse the Bills, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Reverse psychology there or something like that. <laughs> that's that's where my head's at with that. I like it. The Jets playing the Bills at least gives me an answer one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. Who's it helping and who's it hurting? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got on that. No, I think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you should, um, you should, uh, w- we haven't started the, uh, there is not actually a GoFundMe page to get Seth uh, Buffalo season tickets to. That was a joke in case anyone actually decided to set that up. That was just a bit. We're not doing it. But that. I will take your money. <laughs> well, he'll take your money, but he's not going to buy the tickets. Matt, I've got one more question for you. After watching uh, that Buffalo, or at least seeing the highlights of that Buffalo game last week, how worried are you about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense? Oh, <laughs> that's that's tricky. I mean, a divisional game, it's they, they played really good. I feel like the advantage with the Colts going up against that Jacksonville team is the offensive line play. I think that's where we got Buffalo beat out in that regard, and I think we'll be okay. They were just so good at bringing pressure to Josh, and you know we all know that the the Bills' run game is 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 dog shit, and it's not existing. There's nothing there. There's yeah. there's literally nothing there, and there's nothing that they try to do. I don't know if it's because of the offensive line play. I don't know if it's because of the the talent of the running backs. I don't know, but um, but there's no reason that Jacksonville should have looked at, looked like a like a like a top five defense like it did. Um, but you know they they they're spunky. They play tough. Uh, they've given the Colts. They were the Colts' uh, only lo- oh not only loss, but the Colts were Jacksonville's only win last year. Um, and Gardner Minshew had like a, like a I think he went like twenty for twenty or something like that against their defense. So um, I know the the team is a lot different now, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I it's it's gonna be challenging. Not a fan of Jacksonville. Not a fan, not a fan of Jacksonville. But I think the I think the Colts can hold their own. I think the Colts are laying double digit points. Is that a bet you take or no? I think they're laying ten, maybe. I could, I could, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I mean, they spanked them at the end of last year, and again, I know it's a different team, but JT, like just the whole this team is just kind of meshing. So, I, I really hope so. I, I, I really do. I, I don't know if I could take another lost to Jacksonville. They, they seem to do it every single year. Yeah. You made a good point about the, the Bills running game or lack thereof. The That's good news for the Jets. I think that bodes pretty well for us. That's our defense's biggest Achilles heel is defending the run. You're not talking me into this 13 and a half. I don't care how bad you say the run game. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not getting talked into it. Oh, I already I already said Josh Allen's going scorched earth in this yeah. one. I'm just saying if there's if there is an argument for the Jets in this game, it's that the Bills don't and can't run the ball. This is true, and that does favor them in some way. Right, and it's that's that's hurting them. It's hurting that same thing is hurting Kansas City right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Kansas City's keeping it close with with uh, you know it, on paper inferior teams, and I think it's starting to creep up on the Bills right now. Is that pe- teams see what they're doing, they see how they're doing it, and they see that they you know, there's no threat from the run game. And Josh Allen's not even running like he used to. Yeah. They, they've held him back quite a bit. He's I don't know if it's it, it's it's that's on him, if that's on coaching. He's not running the way he used to. He can escape and, and create separation so he can throw the ball, but he's not he's not a mobile court he's not like mobile in the sense like a like a Lamar Jackson esque, you know, just runner for big gains. It's that's not his game style anymore. But it might come back. Yeah, and I've got a theory about that. I think Josh has been banged up more this year than the Bills are willing to let on to that end. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it, yeah. The, the offensive line doesn't help, and and everybody here in Buffalo is rejoicing. Oh, we've got an offensive line. No, no, you don't. It just looks better than it looked on paper better than the previous years, and that's all it was. That's all it was. It's it's vastly disappointing. And they're failing, Josh. You know, me as a Colts fan, I just I just sat and witnessed, you know, Andrew Luck retire. A guy who I thought for sure was going to lead us to the Super Bowl at least once, maybe be a Hall of Famer. And he had no offensive line for most of his career. And he retired an hour after I drafted him in fantasy. Oh, um, man. <laughs> so that I've had a lot cold. of bad luck. I've had a lot of bad luck. It was terrible. Yikes. Um, but, you know, and I hate to see, like, other young quarterbacks have to go kind of go through that. I, I I do. Whether it be Josh, whether it be you know even yeah. the, the Sean Watson, like last year, two years ago, when he was yeah. getting get, got like sacked like sixty plus times in the season. Um, I I hate to see that. I I really do. And you know, as much as I dislike Buffalo, I don't want to see them. Like I don't want to see Josh Allen get you know his career messed up because of uh, lack of protection from the offensive line. Absolutely, it's a cautionary tale. I think Andrew Luck would have been a, a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. I don't even think that's really up for debate if he sticks around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were talking about that with Zach Wilson, too. It's like the O-line being so bad, we're like, please don't kill this guy. But right. he's already I mean, gotten hurt. So Right. I mean, this is your guy's first-round pick, second overall pick in this draft, and and you have set him up for failure. Uh, the Jets front office has just in the same light that they they failed Sam Darnold, yeah. um, you know, by not giving him the pieces that he needs to, needs to succeed. You know what I mean? How disheartening it is. I mean, these these guys are people too, from a psychology perspective. But you know, how frustrating would it be if Zach, you know, Zach Wilson, to go out there and you see what you have around you, and there's not a thing you can do. Um, there's legitimately not, not a thing you can do to to really make this team better right now until your front office does something. Yeah, I mean, the greatest example we've seen of this in Jets history is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez goes to back-to-back AFC Championship games his rookie and sophomore years in the league. Why? Because he had the best offensive line in football. He had a dominant defense. He had great receivers to throw to. He had a solid running game. They took those things away from Mark, and you wonder why his career went in a tailspin. It's not a mystery. you got to give these guys a line. you got to give them the tools that they need to succeed. You can't do it alone in this league. You can't. And I know Sam Darnold is, you know, is a recency thing, and he's not doing too well in Carolina right now, but... 
there was promise there those first couple years, right? He didn't he lead, like win like a seven game stretch or something like there six or seven game stretch coming back from mono um, a couple years ago. Yeah, Sam had some flashes for us for sure. Yeah, he had some flashes, and they're like, you know what? Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of Robbie Anderson. Oh man, Le'Veon Bell, we're not gonna make him want to be here anymore. You know, they're just shipping guys off. It's like what what do you want them to do? What do you want them to do? It's, it's listen whether it's whether it's Sanchez or Gino or Sam, it's been rinse and repeat for this team for a long time. Trying to draft that franchise quarterback, we hope we found it with Zach. We've seen the talent at least in the preseason or at least in some flashes this season. We've seen that the ceiling is high, um, but we also don't know what Zach's floor is yet because it seems if you watch that Patriots game, if you watch that Broncos game, the floor for Zach seems pretty low too. Yeah, the question offensively for me at this point seems to be, you know, in the kind of overall Jets world is this kind of Mike White versus Zach Wilson thing. But really the question for me is Zach's, you know, Zach is the number one guy, right? That's that's the entire idea of this. So if they can just bring some of the elements that Mike White and even Josh Johnson in garbage time in this game were bringing where he's able to make the short throws, make the easier throws and kind of... uh you know, make these kind of smarter pre-snap decisions, I think, as opposed to kind of going for these deeper plays. I think that they actually have more offensive talent now in some ways, at least the ceiling of that talent, than they did in the in the later Darnold years, you know? I mean, I think Michael Carter does seem like he's actually a competent uh, running back, and it does seem like they have, um, you know, a pretty, a pretty deep receiving core, like Seth mentioned earlier. So, uh, you know, in terms of whether or not I'm not I'm not saying you know uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis or Jerry Rice or something, but like you know they have they they have at least seemingly competent offensive talent, and so I I feel like you know if they can if they can adjust the scheme in some way where they can unleash some of the Zach Wilsonness of Zach Wilson while still being able to make these to make these uh, you know kind of shorter plays and easier plays and just move the ball a little bit and not just have a three and out every single time in the first and second quarter. I don't know. I'm like slightly optimistic about that. I'm more optimistic than I am about the defense. Because, yeah, that, that defensive performance, that's the kind of thing that we were expecting. Like Seth, you were kind of saying, Matt was kind of saying like, you were seeing this at the beginning of the year. We're looking at this and going, you know, that's going to be the main issue. Zach's going to be gunslinging because they're going to be down by 40 every game. And to the credit of Salah and the coaching staff and some of the defensive performances, that didn't happen in every single game this year. But when you see a game like this, you go, oh, right, that's still the floor. That's still the thing that we were looking at at the beginning of the year and going, this is going to be a major problem having secondary players that are this inexperienced. I'll tell you what makes me optimistic about this offense is Booth Mike LaFleur. Booth Mike Ever LaFleur. Ever since they let Mike... They let Mike LaFleur watch the game from upstairs in the booth. His mom gave him a permission slip to go up to the booth and look at him now. He's graduated 10th grade. He's ready to go. He's been, <laughs> he's been lights out. I, I read in the paper today that the only reason he was on the field in the first place was peer pressure from Sala and from Zach Wilson, who yeah. wanted his guy in the sideline with him. As soon as Zach Wilson's out, they let Mike LaFleur go into the booth. And he's been calling a hell of a game these last two weeks. <laughs> it's much, much better. Let's keep him up there. Yeah, keep him up there. I got to ask you guys this. Uh, maybe you've answered this in previous episodes, but did you guys want Zach Wilson? Uh, to be honest, I was, I was always kind of on the trade down uh, team. Keep, Dar- keep Darnold and trade down because I just thought that, 
you know, they needed more right. offensive weapons and, and I wasn't totally out on Darnold yet. Um, so that was kind of my initial read, but when they definitely, obviously when they traded him, right. Then I was kind of, uh, you know, you're just looking at guys, and then I was kind of on fields, but then that didn't seem like it was going to work out. So then you kind of talk yourself into, like, the BYU highlights. But <laughs> I'm still curious, like, if they had been able to get somebody else for that pick. So once we lost out on Trevor Lawrence by winning two games last year for absolutely no reason, <laughs> I I was kind of in on Justin Fields, to be honest. I wanted them to go that route. I thought just, you know, somebody more – who, I mean, Fields played at Ohio State, right? I don't watch a lot of college football, but that's a, a college program that actually plays real competition. Yeah. BYU, you knew, not that this kid's going to be bad, but you know it's going to take him longer than a Justin Fields. Right. It's going to take him longer than Mac Jones, even if he's more talented, because Mac Jones is playing like AAA NFL yeah. for the last couple of years in Alabama. So that, that was my feeling. I was on the same camp as Kevin. I wanted to keep Sam. Yeah. Once that ship sailed, I wanted Justin Fields, and I've had to since sort of talk myself into Zach Wilson over these last few months. It's going to be a few, you know, another year at least before we get any inkling of of what Zach Wilson can bring to the table. Because because like we talked about, he's just uh, the supporting cast just isn't there. You know, it isn't there. Some of the offensive weapons, like you guys made some good points. You know, the Corey Davis, who I think is still pretty talented. Michael Carter merged into his own. Even uh, uh, Tyler Croft is always injured, but he made a pretty big catch this past week, and um, you know there, there's there's some facets there, but it's it's a uh, it's a tough process. This is probably what the the Jets' third or fourth rebuild in the past past decade, ten years. Yeah, um, it's tough, man. It's 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 a tough thing to overcome, especially in this division too. Uh, you know, the AFC East, where it just seems to be one person head and shoulders above everybody else. Like it, yeah. it's it's like, man, what's the When's the Jets like time to be like the guy, like the team, right? You know, when when when's their opportunity? That's gonna do it for us at Just End the Show. Big thanks to Matt Johnson for coming on and hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Enjoy the games next week, everybody. We will be back next week to break down the Jets and the loss bu- to the Bills. The, yeah, the, the Jets forty point <laughs> loss to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Kevin, take us out. Just end the show. Just end-